Welcome back to another edition of the Educational AD Podcast. We couldn't do this without the incredible support of our sponsors, and we want to start by saying thank you to all of them. First, to our diamond sponsor, Varsity Brands, including BSN, Varsity Spirit, and Herf Jones. Varsity Brands, elevating student experiences in sport, spirit, and achievement. We also want to thank our platinum sponsors, Ephesus Lighting, innovating a brighter future at every level. Gilman Gear, always a step ahead. Camp Mobile, where leaders communicate better. Hometown Ticketing, simple and easy online ticketing. And Vital Signs, bring student achievements to life. Thank you to all of our great sponsors. Hello again, everyone. Welcome to the Educational AD Podcast, along with the FIAAA Insider. Today, our guest is Jay Getty. Jay's a certified athletic administrator, and he's the athletic director at Haggerty High School here in Florida. He's also one of our FIAAA gurus when it comes to social media, so we've got a lot to learn from him. How's it going, Jay? Things are going great. In beach mode, so to speak. Well, as you know, athletic directors are very busy, so we're going to jump right into it. Go ahead and share with our listeners uh, the Jay Getty story, where you grew up, um, where you went to school, and how you got that, that first job. Well, I grew up in a small town in Ohio, um, up on Lake Erie, a little, little town called Amherst. Um, that was the birthplace of a lot of athletics. My mother was an athletic secretary um, at the junior high school, so I spent a lot of time tagging along. Um, that put me in a position to be a part of four different sports in the fall of my fret or in the freshman year at Amherst High School. Um, so that year I played cross country or I ran cross country, played basketball, ran track, and I tried to play baseball during the track season as well. Um, that was the only year I tried four sports. After that, it went down to three as baseball fell off of that radar. And then eventually my junior year, after that, it was strictly cross-country track and field. Um, graduated in 86. That then sent me to Mount Union College in Ohio, a Division three football powerhouse. Um, we had a very good cross-country team, as most freshmen, when you end up in a collegiate program. You were fairly decent in high school. You show up on the team and you are promptly number 29 of 30 on a team. And so you adjust to some of that. Oddly enough, on spring break in 87, I came down to visit um, a, well, visit my girlfriend at UCF in Orlando. And in passing, stopped at the athletic department to uh, just kind of nose around and look around. I bump into an assistant associate admit athletic administrator. Before I know it, I'm asking questions about the program and the team. I left spring break with an opportunity to leave Ohio and move to Florida, which I promptly did. The weather was much nicer. Um, and so the fall of 87 then 
I have lived in a five mile radius since that point around UCF and Oviedo is just down the street, um, home to two high schools, which I have worked at both of them. And uh, that time at UCF when it concluded in 91 was when I landed at Oviedo as a volunteer track coach finishing up my student internship and I never left. Eventually I became a full-time staff member and progressed through the athletic administrative roles and then helped open a new high school in 05. I am a professional. I'll unmute my microphone. Uh, no one can argue that Florida's got a little bit better uh, weather, at least in the summertime, than Ohio. Um, you and I have talked a little bit about, you know, how you have spent your career uh, in that same uh, area. Looking at uh, the importance of leadership and mentorship, who were some of the mentors that you had, uh, even going back into high school and college, uh, as well as mentors you've had in your uh, professional career? Well, one of the, the biggest mentors was my high school coach. We still communicate on a regular basis. Um, everybody has moved out of Ohio for me. So when I go home to visit, I stay at my high school coach's house. Um, when he comes down to Florida, he comes down to Captiva with just staying with all of his family. But he'll take the four-hour drive to come over and see me so that we can catch up. And Dennis and I... Between our group up there, there's six or eight of us that I had no idea that they had put together a group, and it was all state champion coaches that we then welcome new members to the group when they either win an individual title or a team title. And unbeknownst to me, I had made a statement just in passing about this is the, this is the state champion table. And we really didn't realize it till we were all sitting there looking at each other and we all somewhere along the lines in our career were blessed to have an outstanding athlete, teams and groups of parents that make that all happen. Um, we converse on a regular basis. So Dennis has been a, a big help during my career. We communicate still on a, like I said, a regular basis. Um, and really the, the other big one for me is my assistant coach. And I know it may sound weird. I've had the same assistant coach for 30 years. It's just the two of us. And I coached his kids. He started just because he thought I was working too hard. He wanted to do the splits at cross country to free me up. And we are more so friends than we are coaching acquaintances now. And it's probably the hardest conversation I had already this year leading into the fall was telling Joe we needed to figure out how to make sure on paper he was only 64 and not well over 65, which is what he is now, because that was going to be a COVID situation that the district doesn't want them around to assume that responsibility. And with all the strangeness that's going on today in our worlds administratively, it also might be the ending point for the two of us working together. Let's go ahead and, uh, and jump into COVID. Uh, as you know, um, you know, Florida lost spring sports, and uh, now we're all dealing with uh, summer activities. Um, Florida, unlike other states, uh, we're not uh, mandated. We're not under uh, the obligation of our state association. It's really up to the individual school district and school as to how they are dealing with this. 
what are some things that you're doing right now uh, in response to COVID uh, with your coaches, with your kids and your parents? Uh, and, and again, we understand that things could change tomorrow, but what's going on right now at Haggerty High School? Well, right, right now, um, we, every, I'm the only program doing anything right now with cross country. Our football team is on a, on a break. That break was a result of a situation with a family in which one of their members tested positive. So we had the great opportunity as a, as a district for Seminole. We were up and running on the 8th. And my biggest fear was I didn't want to be the first one to start because we would be also the first one to probably have to bring that back. And Sure enough, no fault of their own. After the cases skyrocketed in the Orlando area, we are right next to UCF. Um, it blew up in Oviedo, and we quickly went on, which is now a two-week break, with that football program. And when I spoke with uh, Val Miares the other day, um, we talked quite a bit, and you know she had gotten word that we were taking a break with that program. And I said, probably the most frustrating part is working between the school, the district, and the health department, because everybody's so short-staffed, it, it takes a while to get all of that done. And, and for us as administrators, we're so used to kicking out information very quickly. It's, and I think we'll all have the same problem as districts because there's not enough people with the health department to handle these little outbreaks when someone's positive. Um, we had, there were 22 athletes in his group. Um, and of course, you know, you've got your coaching staff checking the kids in. So, you know, you're dealing with, for me, that was 28 people that you're trying to relay people information or information to because it's important to them. But you can only work as fast as the health department can work on it to give you information to get back to them. And for all of us heading that way, that's my, my big caution for everybody is to understand the pace at which you're able to solve problems, especially with the COVID situation that we're in now. And I think that's what scares a lot of us. And you know, that call the other day with the FHSAA, I, I was very excited to see that they were starting to look at something down the road. And I would be even more comfortable if we were further down from the 10th because I truly think we should open the schools first to see how that reaction is going to go before we start adding in the athlete part. If, if you're dealing with it as a student athlete, it's the student side first. We've got to be able to get the, the building and structure and classroom settings correct and then start adding in the athletics. And right now on the 10th, if that's where it is, um, that is our first day of school. Um, so that will be a day of trying to social distance on the campus and to carry that over to the practice fields after that, which is gonna be difficult for anybody, whether it's the, the adult as the teacher or coach or the youth as the student and athlete having to handle that for a full day. Yeah, I, I think it's uh, so important. Um, you've seen other states uh, have said they're delaying um, as a state, we've seen uh, one school in Florida just cancel uh, all fall sports so far. 
but uh, I think the delay is very prudent. And, you know, whether you delay one week or two weeks or delay a month, you know, whenever you start back up again, it's the same for everyone. Everyone's at the mm -hmm. same starting point. Um, let's, uh, again, you're an athletic director for big school, a lot of programs. You're also a head cross country coach. Uh, how are the coaches, how are your student athletes and parents responding to the new uh, social distancing and, and phase one uh, activity? Well, the, the kids have been great. They, they were so excited to do anything. We could have told them they had to stand 25 yards apart and they would have done it. The, the, the kids side of it, they were willing to do whatever. If we told them they had to come with a face shield um, and a mask and gloves, whatever we told them they would have done. Um, on the kids side to wrap up that, the, the big issue that I think we all found out was not really the drills themselves, it was the standing in line afterwards. They were so used to getting back in line because they're told, hey, be ready, be ready, be ready. When they got back in line, we spent more time telling them to spread out than we did anything else. We, we, they could have run a terrible sprint. We weren't paying attention to them running. We were too busy yelling at them to spread out. So the, the kids are willing to do what it takes because they want to be out there. The parents are kind of stuck in the middle a little bit. I've got some parents that are, Jay, we need to get this going. Why are we not doing anything? To some other parents of, you've got to be kidding me. What do you mean you're taking your kids out on a run? Um, we received an email, all of us as ADs the other day because a community member saw one of our Seminole County teams running down the Cross Seminole Trail, which is a paved trail, biking and running and walking trail. It's 10 feet wide, some places it's even wider. But of course, they're high school kids. There's 20 of them running on top of each other. So we quickly got the email about, we need more supervision to have our kids social distance while they're running to make sure that everybody stays safe. So you've got, some of the parents are great, this is awesome, keep it going. Other parents are, oh my gosh, I can't believe you're doing this, we're all gonna get sick, and none of your kids are following any of these rules. So it's been interesting, to say the least, and there's a couple of things going around, I think on, on Facebook and social media about, you know, please keep a watchful eye on our administrators because when they do something positive, it gets turned negative. When they do something in the other direction, it's, I can't believe that the two people are complaining about this. It, it's, it's a battle, to say the least, with everybody. Typical response uh, from parents. <laughs> um, let's uh, jump into an area where, you know, you've certainly been, I, I think, a leader, a pioneer uh, for the state of Florida, in, and that's in social media. Uh, what are some of the things um, that you do uh, at Haggerty to help promote your teams, your coaches, et cetera. And I realize you've already done a, a 45 minute presentation for us this uh, spring at our conference. Um, but also how did you get into that? How did you become this um, social media guru? Well, it's like everything else in our world of athletic administrators, you're told something needs to be done and you're a person, why don't you research this and see, see if we can pull this off? Well, that's exactly how it happened. Every, you know, someone asked why we didn't have a Twitter feed for the athletic department. So I started messing around with it. Um, everything's been self-taught. 
Uh, my brother, who is a computer guy, uh, writes programs so that businesses can talk to each other when they're not supposed to, um, really thinks it's amazing that I have progressed to the point that I am because he really just kind of looked at it as I was the only kid that could tan in the summer of all of my siblings. So those two had to get out of the sun and they sat and read books and played with computers. I was in the sun playing sports all day long. So they always viewed me as the one that eventually would get it. Well, I have finally caught up now at the age of 52 to some technology and trying to promote our programs. Um, one thing that we did do new this year at Haggerty is a app called Spirit. It is a check-in device for the kids at games. So they earn points by showing up at an event. I open a little check-in window so it uses their locations. And as they earn points throughout the year, we randomly would pick out from the analytics um, a kid that was, you know, at maybe five or six events during the week because we can go back and look at it. And so it started to drive this now. Not only do I want to get to the game, I want to get my points. And it turned out to be a great situation for everybody. Uh, we modeled it off of FSU. Um, they have that same type program in which Caleb up there, who's a senior now, was earning points and moving up the football ticket list by going to other events. So we, we took that model and ran with it. And that's been a nice addition to what we've done. And when I, we were at National last year in December, I went to the social media piece, which is where I pick up a lot of new things. And they actually promoted Spirit at that session with a statement of, this is a new and emerging piece. Is anybody using this? So I reluctantly put my hand up and just, I thought it was going to be a, okay, there's one guy. Well, next thing you know, I'm seven minutes into a presentation in the middle of somebody else's presentation. But it's been great. The kids love it. They get upset when I forget to do something correctly. Like I had a volleyball game in the gym, and I sure as heck set that for the stadium. And uh, so I got a bunch of kids at the game trying to check in, and I look over in the stands, and they've all got their hands up. And I'm like, what? And they're like, this doesn't work. And I'm like, oh, because then I got to walk back to the desktop to fix it. But I did get it fixed, and everybody got checked in. <laughs> That sounds uh, like a great uh, app and uh, a future FIAAA sponsor. We're going to have to follow up with those folks. Um, let's uh, talk about um, some challenges. Um, we've just uh, got, <laughs> we just got out of spring, which as we said, uh, didn't happen in, in Florida. Um, as we look toward potential startup scenarios for the fall, uh, certainly the distance learning option is there. What are some challenges that you're looking at um, in that particular scenario and how are you and your coaches uh, planning on meeting those challenges? Well, I think one of the biggest challenges is with the revamping of everybody's athletic department. And that first revamp from us at Haggerty was the use of athletic clearance with home campus. We as a county were not previously doing that. So we had talked about it. And when we went down in March and noticed it was gonna go a while, 
we all as athletic directors got on board and we the, we all ended up within Seminole County. We all started the online submission of the sports physical piece, which has been great. But now I'm training my coaches how to use the home campus app to be able to always see the kids and whether or not when they show up to a training session, you know, are they in the system? If not, then they're not doing anything. Are they in the system and in red? They're still not doing anything, but here's your cleared list. So it's transitioning people from the old way to a more effective way electronically. So that's one piece. Our other piece then also comes to trying to Kiosk, it's basically a sign with a QR code that the parent walking up can then scan the QR code. It drops them into GoFan. They buy their ticket on the walk to the stadium. When they arrive, then all we're doing is validating and getting them through the gate. So there's trying to create less touch points, so to speak. So that transition then, coaches, electronic piece with home campus, the fans with GoFan and tickets, to your athletic department to now doing sports passes, your sponsorships, it, we're trying to, to create as many different ways to do things quicker and faster, but it's also meaning you're going to retrain everybody in the process. Um, you know, as an administrator, I also did parking pass sales, one of the athletic director roles and responsibilities. I'm in charge of parking lots. So I actually did all of the parking pass sales in our educational system called eCampus, where, so I have a class page for the class of 2021. They submitted parking pass requests as an assignment to be graded by me to verify if I could issue them a pass. And it actually worked way, nobody stood in line, nobody cut in line, nobody told on somebody for cutting in line. Nobody complained about it was really hot. They all did it at their leisure. One of them was submitted at 12.01 a.m. The minute the window opened, and most of my problems with it were parents logging in as students, trying to do it to make their life easier, and they had no idea how to use eCampus because they don't use it. The kids do. So it's really a big transition to more electronic pieces than we've ever had before. Yeah, no, I, I can attest to uh, the benefits of a uh, home campus. Uh, we're obviously a smaller school than you, but uh, it's been great. Uh, our parents love it. Um, you know, coaches love it. It's 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 been great for us. Uh, we talked about some of the challenges. Um, you know, let's talk about uh, those favorite parts of your job. You know, what gets you up from an AD perspective? I know you still coach. But from an AD perspective, what gets you up in the morning? What gets you excited to, to come to work each day? Well, the morning is early. For, the, for everyone who has been a part of any other presentation, that morning starts at 4. Um, that's a normal wake-up time for me. It's 4 o'clock. That gives me a little bit of time to get set with any new Twitter posts and get the social media rolling. Um, but what really out on my run, which comes next, because once Twitter's done, I'm out running in the dark. Um, the other day, as a matter of fact, I looked at it this morning. Today was day 4,207 in a row. Um, so 11 and a half years at this point. But 
That run, though, provides a way for me to review the day schedule and, in a sense, get ahead of the day. And a lot of that becomes some planning pieces that allow me to then get to work already thinking two hours ahead. Because at that point, I've been up for three hours by the time I get to work. And, and that really puts us in a good spot. Um, one of the things that I've done kind of as a best practice type situation is a, I do a, a weekly email. It includes the administrators, the ticket takers, the athletic trainers, the head coaches, the assistant coaches. Um, and so what we do is it lists out everything home and away in one email. Who's, who's the admin on duty? Who's the ticket taker? Who's the athletic trainer? And I, we'll put any special notes for an event, you know, if it's, you know, the homecoming game or if we've got something going on afterwards where the band's going to play post-game because the administrators, we all know, don't like to stick around when the game's done. Um, but so that's been very key for us. I, we've not had, knock on wood, I've not had in the last three years an event without officials because the coaches then, and I tell them, please review for any discrepancies. So when they, it goes out on Friday morning for the upcoming week. So when my coach calls me on Thursday and says, hey, I noticed my game for today is not on the schedule. <laughs> you know, you look at him and go, hey, thank you for reading that. That's something you should have told me last Friday, not the day of. But the coaches then have started to get with that little scenario that, oh my gosh, Jay doesn't have this. I've got a problem. Instead of just rolling into the event with, I'm sure the officials will show up. They always do. But so it's a troubleshooting piece ahead of time. And that's worked really, really well for me, keeping everybody on the same page, um, including the, the principals. I mean, because they've got twice as much going on in their world to know what events that they're going to get to as well. And we've got a great former athletic director as principal now, um, Robert Frasca, and he does an outstanding job of getting the stuff. He's a single guy, and that helps. That's a big-time help. But he's done a great job in dealing with that as well, being present and being seen. Um, and really, for me, that planning stage, getting to the facility ahead of my coaches sometimes because I'm bored. And when the coach walks in and the gym's already set up and they just look at me and go, I came early to do that. I said, well, now I gave you some more planning time. You know, let's make sure that everybody's ready to go. And I found that those little pieces then turn your relationship with your coaches into something special because they know that you care, you cared enough to walk to the gym and set out 30 chairs, the scoring table, pull the bleachers out, put the hoops up for them and get the ticket taker all set up. You know, those are the little things that sometimes depending on who the admin might be, those coaches stress out over. Whenever they see my name or they see me still on campus, they're excited about it. And that's the way it should be. You know, a little extra effort on your end has now turned that coach into that position of they're willing to do anything for you at that point. Uh, and, and that's just some, some great, great advice. Um, you and I got to know each other, I, I think, first through our involvement on the Athletic Director Advisory Committee, and then, uh, of course, through FIAAA. Uh, just briefly, uh, share your story of, of how you got involved 
with FIAAA uh, leading up to your position now as our uh, organization's treasurer? Well, and just like my role as an athletic administrator, I was, for the most part, told what would be good for me. Um, the great Jerry Kelly, Lake Brantley High School, and a big-time FIAAA individual. The two of us were out in Peoria, Illinois, at the National High School Athletic Coaches Association banquet. Uh, Jerry was there as an athletic director in that group of eight. I was there as a girls cross-country coach. And the district director for 16, um, which was, um, I'm sorry, District 8, which was at that point. I had no idea what she was talking about. And before it was over with, after dinner, um, two conversations and a couple of phone calls, I was on my path to FIAAA as a district director and have been there ever since. And I've been, I, as a matter of fact, I texted her for her birthday the other day and, uh, you know, a big thank you because she's also been a lot of, of this experience for me and kind of pushing me out of my comfort level to the point where over these last four years, I've pretty much kind of organized our entire conference with all nine high schools, trying to keep those ADs together, my movement with FIAAA, eventually onto the executive board with the treasury role. Um, so Jerry, I owe a lot of that to Jerry. No, Jerry Kelly, and Jerry's gonna be one of our guests uh, very soon. Uh, she's great. Well, we've kind of reached the, uh, the end of the podcast, and we always like to wrap up with what we call the athletic director's toolbox. I'm gonna to ask you to uh, take a toolbox and I'm gonna allow you to put three items in there to present to a brand new athletic director to help them have a successful start. So uh, what three things are gonna go in Jay Getty's toolbox? Well, first and foremost, number one is get ahead of the day. That, that's the, the big key get ahead of the day. Number two, read the red book. It, it may not be an exciting read, but it's a valuable read. And there's so many of the youngsters today don't want to do the research to have a knowledge base. They just want it to be handed to them. But number two is definitely read the red book. And number three, remember, nobody works for you you work for them, and that's how you build relationships. Uh, again, just excellent, excellent advice. And for those of you not in Florida that are listening, the Red Book is our state association's uh, policy handbook, and it, uh, it can be a lifesaver or it can be a career killer <laughs> if you don't uh, read it, as Jay said. Well, Jay, my friend, it has been uh, so wonderful uh, visiting with you. Uh, always enjoy our time together. Uh, we're actually going to be Zooming soon at our FIAAA annual uh, Zoom conference. Uh, and then again, wow, our board of directors meeting. So uh, we're going to be seeing a lot of each other. I look forward to it as always. Thank you for having me today. Okay. To our listeners, thanks as always for uh, tuning us in. Uh, we're going to have some new content posted soon, so 
for everyone, this is the Educational AD and the FIAAA Insider. Thank you for listening. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Educational AD Podcast. I want to remind you that the Zoom recording of this interview is also available on YouTube on the Educational AD channel. Thanks again for listening.